<laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Live With Grace podcast. Uh, today, I'm on the show with Chris Beyer, who is also my Aunt Chrissy. She's my dad's older sister, and she is a current personal trainer and coach, and she's also a former collegiate swimmer at Syracuse, where she earned a letter of distinction is that what you say? Yeah. She was a letter of distinction. of distinction winner at Syracuse, which is one of the highest awards you can get at Syracuse. You get it for contribution to your community, university, profession, and sport. So all of those things combined, and you have an impact in those areas in such a distinguishable way that you get um, recognized for this award. So, and not only that, she's also a champion in natural bodybuilding with six wins and one runner-up, and that was in the American na natural bodybuilding competition, right? Right. And um, so that's a little bit of background on her. We're going to hear a little bit more about her background in a second, but today on the show, we are talking about faith in changing seasons. So that is faith in changing seasons of maybe something as literal as changing seasons of your sport, changing seasons of the year, but also changing seasons of life when things are thrown at you that you don't expect, or when, you know, you're, you turn a page in this new chapter, kind of maintaining the faith and staying grounded and staying close to God or even growing closer to God during those challenging times. So to start, would you mind telling us a little bit of background about yourself? I know that I kind of started it off. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm raised internationally. So a lot of my um, thought processes come from multiple cultures, mostly raised in Japan. And uh, like you said, went to Syracuse, got a degree in engineering, mm -hmm. um, went back to school eventually and got my master's in exercise science because obviously I'm in uh, sport and fitness and have been for the last 31 years. Mm. Um, That's quite a number. I didn't realize it was 31 years. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> I got a birthday tomorrow. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy early birthday. Thank you. This podcast will be out by the time it's her birthday, but... When it comes out, be sure to send her happy birthday. What is it? Park Golf Girl? Yeah. On Instagram. Park Girl. Yeah. Park Golf Girl. He's also a business owner. Um, my family owns a business called Destroyer Park Golf, named after my grandpa, who was a professional wrestler. And he went by the name Destroyer. So that's where the Park Golf Girl name comes from. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, to start off, well, first of all, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm super excited to talk about this topic today, and especially just because my aunt has helped me get through, let's start from the beginning. Well, first of all, my childhood, which was mostly soccer and random things, art and reading and whatever. But then when I really got into basketball, had my first injury, it was a bone fracture injury, had my first ACL meniscus tear, worked back from that, had a horrible ankle sprain, had another ACL tear, got to college, faced, just overall faced a lot of challenges. My Aunt Chrissy has always been there. She's helped me with my nutrition. She's helped me learn how to fuel myself properly to perform at my best, but especially she's been there and anchoring me in my faith no matter what. So that's why I felt this was a very appropriate topic to talk about with her. So to start, we're just going to talk about kind of what faith is and what how it affects you and helps you in your life. So we talked a little bit about it, but it's something that is grounds you 
no matter what you're going through. And it acts as your hope and an anchor and somewhat of stability in your life. So do you have anything else to add on with that? Yeah, um, for sure. Though It's all those things. And, um, and for me, I always envision that my relationship with God um, is that he's like a hammock mm-hmm. for me. You know, in my head, I'm always like, okay, if I, if I fall, he's going to catch me. If I need to just have, you know, the warm, secure feeling, kind of like putting on an old sweatshirt kind of thing. Okay, yeah. I, I, I feel him like embracing me that he's that hammock that's going to hold me and comfort me mm-hmm. and help me through any part of the stages of challenges that I have, those speed bumps that come up in the road. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that poem we were talking about the other day, the footprints in the sand. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know the exact verbiage of it, but yeah. So it's it's called footprints, footprints in the sand, and it's it's an analogy about you know somebody that those footprints are the story of your life, and the person is looking at those footprints and doesn't understand why at some point there's two sets of footprints, and then at then there's one set of footprints, mm-hmm. and the response is because during those times God was carrying you or Christ mm-hmm. was carrying you during those times. And I think that sometimes it's difficult when you're confronted with some emotional challenges or physical challenges to kind of think that you know it's ever going to get better than this, mm-hmm. and I'm in this all alone. But to realize that you're not in it all alone. And at those times, whether you feel that way or not, that's when God is actually carrying you through that time to get you to that brighter tomorrow. Right. And it's even when you ask those questions, like, why did this happen? How is this, you know, how is this part of your plan, God? Or how am I going to get through this? Or man, I'm so upset about this. I'm so angry. Like there's times when in my life when I've been really angry at God and like, Looking back, I understand why I was angry, but ultimately my faith, like coming back to my faith and coming back to saying, thank you, God, for waking me up today. Thank you, God, for this or this or this blessing, even though this part of my life is going on in this certain way. Mm -hmm. And then eventually now I'm like looking back, even I think mostly it was my senior year that you like really helped me through my senior year I tore my I haven't really talked a ton gone into a ton of depth depth on the podcast about my injuries yet but I tore my ACL in April before my senior year and I missed all it got our AAU season had gotten delayed due to COVID but I ended up missing all the AAU there was in my entire senior year and I wasn't committed to playing college at that point so it took a lot of faith to say how am I or you know how is God gonna help me get to this goal that he placed on my heart to play basketball in college yet I can't play my whole senior year and yeah it was so much of that. So do you have any similar challenges you've been through that, you know, you look back and you maybe at the time you were super upset, angry, scared, whatever, but you leaned on your faith or leaned on God. And now looking back, yeah, you learned so much from that. Yeah. There, there, I think that there's a lot of that through life. And, and I guess part of me also believes that um, just like you would study your sport or study, you know, mathematical problems or how to write stuff down or anything that you're interested in. I think faith is something that if you want to get better at it, um, you have to study it. Mm -hmm. And 
So I look at um, the Bible, and there's so many different places in the Old Testament, um, especially where it talks about just relying that God is just going to work it all out mm -hmm. through horrible situations that we may not see at this time, but definitely no matter what, God is always working it out for good. And at one of my trials, um, I discovered that there's a section that King David wrote in the Psalms, and he's angry. He was so angry at God. And then there's, you know, he's like shaking his fist and yelling at God and wanting him to like kill all his enemies and why have you forsaken me? But always at the end, he came back to going, you know, I can't live my life without you. Mm -hmm. And so, but in that, I realized it was okay to be angry mm -hmm. at God. It was okay mm -hmm. to be, um, to confront him with that kind of emotion, but still always you know, realizing that, yeah, obviously if I'm confronting him and having this honest conversation, then I, I do love him enough. And I got to look back at history and, and, and history tells us that God always worked it out for the best, right. even if it wasn't something that we had expected. And like in your case, when in, in that senior year, God laid that on your heart from the time you were a little kid. And I think, you know, from my perspective, grace was kind of, you know, losing focus and losing hope. And there were some um, uh, issues around um, socially that were interacting with mm -hmm. her uh, mental ability to stay on track and just reiterating that God didn't place that on your heart to take it away from you. So just stay the course right. and and let him reveal what he had planned for you because i do believe that and not to get way into crazy faith type of thing and I, it's not crazy th faith i believe that there are evil forces that that rule the world and they definitely want us to not have faith they they want us to just abandon faith and and um and rely on more worldly things so i think it's a constant challenge to continue to focus back on god and when we're weak and when we're vulnerable, those forces come into play even more because they can pull us away from our core. And I think it's ad admirable that, you know, you journal and you were able to stay the course. And I'm happy that I was able to be part of it, but also at the same time, all that quality time that you spent um, in meditation and in prayer helped you to make that reconnection. And so for myself, it, it's the same mm -hmm. in those situations where um, yeah, I think the, the most challenging situation that I had when it came to my faith is, uh, believe it or not, had to do um, with a divorce. Oh. And I was just so many evil forces and just never thought that that would ever, ever, ever happen to me with this particular person. And I just fell face first into my faith with God, knowing that that was the only person in the whole wide world that could help me to get through it. No. I think what you said about it being okay to be angry and it being okay to show these feelings, it's kind of like when you're with a friend and you're a close friend and you respect that friend or even somebody you work with, a teammate, whatever. If you really respect someone, then you're honest with them and you're transparent with them. And I think that's the same relationship that it's important to have with God, that you're transparent and you say, God, I do feel this or that. I do feel scared. I do feel worried. But... I'm releasing my faith. I'm leaning on to you. I trust that there's better things in store. I trust that things are going to work out how they're supposed to. And like you said, there was a point in my senior year. I remember the day that I was like, this isn't going to happen. 
it was either people convinced me or the situation yeah. the situation happened in a certain way that certain doors closed that I didn't expect to close or I didn't know were gonna close and it other doors hadn't opened yet and there was a point where I thought I wasn't going to play basketball in college and of course there's much more serious issues in life than playing a sport or not but since this podcast is relating to sports that was something that was a promise and a dream put on my heart since the time I was probably in middle school and like you said I'm just grateful that you know having you and then just my time that I spent with God that my faith was able to bring me through that but Mm -hmm. um yeah that's really yeah and I think that you know part of mine also was um and I remember where it came early on it probably came from my dad or my parents you know that um, uh, or reading and those kind of things is that, you know, attitude is a choice, mm. right? There are some things in life that are ch- a choice. Attitude is one. Oddly enough, love is a choice, right? It's an action word. It's not an adjective. Um, and my dad used to always, um, he didn't like us to say, I can't. So in my own head, I would, I, I kind of came to this place where I'm like, no is not an appropriate answer. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to sports or my life and that you can't do this or this isn't um, going to work for you, um, when doctors might say, you, you know, you've had this kind of injury, so you're never going to be able to do this. I, that's not an appropriate answer as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, in some situations, right, it is. But for the most part, if you can... If you can dig deeper and find another route, then then it is a possibility. Right. I mean, like even, you know, my master's was uh, in exercise science. And I did a thesis on um, exercise and stroke victims. And, oh, okay. and one of the things that they have discovered in some senses, and, and it relates to some other injuries, is that you're actually, your your nerves can circumvent and recreate themselves to a certain extent wow. and bypass, yeah. like in an injury, right? Mm-hmm. Can't feel this, but then eventually I can feel this. So, and some of my clients that have had strokes, their doctor will say, okay, well, you're never going to be able to use that arm. You're never going to be able to use that leg. But I have personal experience with helping clients to be able to get out of their walker wow. or to actually go back to feeding themselves. Mm-hmm. When when I first went to them, they could barely move their arm like an inch. And so I know that that's a reality. So to have that hope right. and that and the possibility that's there, for me, I believe that that only comes with some kind of deep-seated faith to make that possible. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the difference of people that... or not just people that are being realistic, but just being realistic in general versus this is realistic to us on earth, but God can make the impossible happen or in yeah. that other realm. Like, and I, I always like the quote, I don't know if it's by Joel Osteen, whoops, but he says it all the time. And that's God can close doors. No man can open and open doors. No man can close. Right. And that's really what has happened to me over and over and over. Even, you know, I'm not going to get too much into it, but with my current state right now, I'm about to go into a new chapter of my life. I'm transferring schools, and that was a door that opened that I would never have seen coming, but yeah. it was a door that only God could have opened. Because it's perfect, so you know he opened it. Yeah, yeah. it's like better than anything I could have imagined. But then when I look back, it almost makes me like teary that like my prayers are, God, I know better is come. Not that... 
nothing about where I just was, but just my situation. I know that I trust that this is going to work out. I trust that better is coming. I trust this and that. And then to see that unfold in my life is yeah. so gratifying, empowering, and just, it almost, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, like motivates my faith even more. Right. You know, it's like the upward spiral. It's the same thing that you can do if something bad happens and you hyper fixate on that. Mm -hmm. It makes your faith plummet and then something else bad happens, makes your faith plummet, but it can go either way. It's kind of yeah. anything in life. It can go either way, depending on what you focus on. Yeah. And I think that, you know, part of that does come with, with prayer because, you know, part, you know, part of the lessons that we learn through scripture, um, you know, Old Testament, like the Jewish faith, Christian faith, the New Testament, is that, you know, if you give something to God in prayer, then remember, he's like bigger than all of us, right? right. So you shouldn't take it back just because he hasn't answered it. It's like the old adage that I firmly believe, God's delays are not God's denials. So you have to let him work it. If it's not in your timing, you can't go, oh, well, maybe I should help him to work this. So I'll take it back. And then you're basically pulling back from whatever plan that he still may have laid open for you. It, it kind of goes with that saying that you talked about that Joel says, but it's like another one we use is if, he, if God closes a door, he'll open a window. Yeah. Right. So there's always going to be that path, um, but it's never in our time. And so being patient. So you had this dream and he always had a plan to make it, but you had to go through or he wanted you to go through or you ended up going through certain steps that have now made that opportunity even more powerful right. than it would have been. You have more experience. You have more knowledge. Um, so you're stronger. Even more, right. So more prepared. Yep. And that kind of reminds me. Well, first, I was thinking about this earlier, too, but it's kind of I've seen that a quote or a graphic before that's when you ask God a question, it's either yes or you have a request. Yes. Not yet or something. I have something better in store. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were talking about in terms of, you know, it's not on your timing. It, you can't take back your request just because it hasn't happened yet type of thing yeah. but then also one of the books i've recently read and we recently yeah. talked about it yeah. it talks it's called the seven spiritual laws of success and in one of the laws it talks about how you detach from wanting things to go exactly a certain way mm -hmm. and you trust that you're going to get from point a to point b but there's infinite possibilities of ways you can get to point B from right. where you are right now. Yeah. And for me, like looking back, I never thought I was going to get hurt. If you asked me in sure. middle school, I never thought I was going to play a certain place or be going to live in Chicago next year or meet all the people I've met or, you know, and hopefully, like you said, now that I've been through those things now, hopefully through this podcast or through other ways, I can be of help to other girls who are right. going through something else similar, or I can be a better leader to my teammates, or I can be a better person in the community or be a better sister, a better daughter, this or that, because I went through those things. And I think I recently talked about, I either talked about this in a podcast I just posted or one that I recorded and haven't posted yet. So sorry if it's a spoiler, but <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert, <laughs> but, um, Shoot, now I've lost my train of thought. Um, you know, oh, yeah. If 
I, if God were to say, oh, Grace, like, you're going to end up playing basketball at Valdosta State, and then you're going to go to Chicago, you're going to play basketball, and you had told me that I'm for sure playing in college back in middle school or back in high school, then I don't think it, like you said, it would have meant as much Yeah. than how it has unfolded now and how much it means to me and how much gratitude I have and how much I've learned and how much I've grown, not just as an athlete, but as a person, as a, you know, daughter of God and somebody, a faithful person. So, but we also talked about, um, something you had been through, uh, physically that helped build your faith. Yeah. So, um, I had, I had a really bad accident and it happened, um, probably it it was like one of those really bad country Western songs Mm. that like my life happened. So, so the synopsis is, and it is actually is really funny. Okay. Mm -hmm. In its own way is that, um, I got let go from a job for turning somebody in for, um, sexual misconduct. And then I, um, fell off two stories and broke my wrist and split my lip open. And then it turned out that I had to close my business, which at that time was, Oh no! And then I I turned forty. Wait, what building did you did you fall? Uh, the old the log home I owned in Michigan. Oh my gosh! I didn't know that. And then um, yeah, I got a nice scar imprint of my teeth. <laughs> but uh, and then I turned forty. You know, not that that's a big tragic thing. It was just coincidental mm-hmm. and kind of adds to the humor. Um, and then it realized that that summer I had to close down the gym that I was that I owned for the last six years because of continued construction in front of it Mm -hmm. so it was really difficult to maintain it open in a small town Mm -hmm. Um, shortly after I closed the gym blessing that it was my mother got sick um, and she was diagnosed with leukemia and so I was able to be there for her Mm -hmm. uh, went through uh, bone marrow transplant right so that's going through now we're going through Christmas and then my husband at the time decided that he was going to leave and go to a different state and get a job. And then my mom died. <laughs> and then I got run over by a farm tractor. So <laughs> the only thing missing was a train and a pickup truck. And otherwise, we'd be good, right? We should sell the song. <laughs> but um, she got ran over by a tractor, y'all. I know. So it's a farm tractor. So like not a little mower type of thing. So like the big wheels, not huge farm tractor. Right. But I was mowing my lawn. I lived out in the middle of uh, 20 acres of woods. Mm-hmm. And so it, it had a, it had a, um, a mower off the back. It was a six foot deck with three blades. And so I was mowing around and I ended up hitting a stump in high grass that I didn't notice. We had a pond that was like a kidney shape. So it's a little bit of a slope. Mm-hmm. So and then you, you go to this one end, go around a tree and come back the other way because you can't go all the way around. So I hit a stump and it threw me off of the tractor. So I went to get back on the tractor because the tractor was literally going to end up in the pond. Mm-hmm. So I went to try to get control of it. And somehow, I don't know how, I, um, I, I just figured that the big wheel caught my jeans mm-hmm. and I got sucked underneath the big wheel of the tractor and I remember like looking up going, excuse the French, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> right? So I won't take you through all the details of what happened in my mind, but went underneath the mower um, by, by the grace of God and only God, the mower stopped. Um, I f- had to get out from underneath it because it was like four o'clock at night and I figured nobody would find me. 
So I slid myself underneath it, you know, world spinning. And I could, this is important only, it's going to sound funny. I could hear my dog like chasing frogs in the pond. Right? She knows what this, where this is going. So um, I'm like, okay, I got to get out. So I, I ripped the rest of my clothes off to get, because they were all caught up in the mower blades. Oh and then I started to crawl back towards the house. And eventually I got to the house and eventually I was, I, I had just, I'd been in that house for like six years and I had never had a phone downstairs. Mm -hmm. But two weeks before then I put a phone downstairs. Oh so I was able to crawl, you know, I crawled in through the back, the, the ground floor, got to the phone, called 911. So, um, the funny thing about the frogs is my mom had just passed away five weeks before that, and she loved frogs. And normally my dog was right by my side. We should show the desk. I don't know if I can. Oh, yeah. So we're sitting at a desk. That... We're sitting at a desk that she painted. Yeah. These are little paintings. Yeah, they're all over. It's kind of hard to show. Yeah. But. So, yeah. So that he was chasing frogs was like, oh, that's what that was all about. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my injuries were that. Um, pretty much it sliced off half of my left butt cheek, missed my sciatic nerve by like a quarter of an inch. Um, Where's that? Uh, the sciatic nerve is the one that... On your back? Yeah. So if you sever it, then you basically have no... Um, I would have been a paraplegic. Oh my gosh. And then um, <gasps> twisted one of my things. One blade hit my shoulder um, and... Then my clothing actually ripped in my groin area and it missed my femoral artery. So I didn't, you know, I didn't bleed out, right? If it cuts your femoral artery, artery that would have been another make... thing. Um, so all these like little things. So I was really angry because after everything I'd been through my country Western year, I just really wanted to die and I wanted to go home. So I was yelling. So my pastor met me at the emergency room and the only thing left around my neck, oddly enough, because I wear this all the time, was my cross. It was the same necklace? Uh, yeah, but it was on a string at okay. that time. And they, they had to cut that off, but that was the only thing that was left on me. And he came and I'm like, why didn't he just take me home? Right? Meaning God, why didn't mm -hmm. he just take me home to heaven? Because I'm done, right? Mm -hmm. I, I just don't want to do this. Um, but oddly enough, that faith, um, after I got done with being angry and repeated people that were mentors in my own life coming in, mm -hmm. um, I, I, it was one of those moments that I realized that I had to, not I had to, that I needed, that was the only thing left I could rely on. Right. I was very self-sufficient before then. I realized that I had to rely on people around me, you know, so opening up the opportunity to have he people in your life help you on different things whether it's grocery shopping or um, realizing that everybody needs somebody and mm -hmm. trying not to be like no man is an island. Um, and then I had good doctors. So I had a doctor that opened up hope, um, asked them if I would ever be able to run again. Mm -hmm. And he didn't tell me no. He basically said, I hope so. Mm -hmm. Um 18 months to two years, and literally two years later to raise money for the disease my mother died for, raised uh, $12,000 for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. I ran a marathon in Dublin, Ireland. So, um, And what did it raise money for? Uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So, Sorry, I think you already said that. But, but that's okay. Like yeah, because she had died of leukemia. So it kind of like came full, full circle. I'd, yeah. I'd imagine that it was also kind of like a second win for you. Like, excuse me. Like, 
I must be here to fulfill the purpose that God still has in my life since yeah. this near-death experience happened and I'm still standing. I'm still here. I run ran a marathon now and yeah. Like I'd imagine it give you a new like passion for life or for like you said maybe the people in your life or Yeah, I think it gives you passion to figure out what it gave me passion rather to figure out you know understand that I had a purpose even though I didn't know what that purpose was. And right. and because I was in a bad mental place and and had been for a number of years with that kind of depression but um knowing that no matter what God had a purpose for me. Right. And when all the chips were down and I was, you know, f having my own little pity party to go to God and say, okay, what is my purpose today? Mm -hmm. who, who can, if there's one person, I used to get up and pray, Lord, if there's one person that I can affect today and that, you know, in my actions will let them know that they are loved by you. And that was really my goal. Right. And so continuing to help people in different areas of my life has really solidified that, okay, even though I'm selfish and just wanted to go home, that you know God still needed me to do certain things here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I had to keep connecting. Right. I recently listened to a podcast. I'm going to shout out the podcast too. It's called Victoria's Thoughts. It's by Victoria Duvall. And it talks about finding your purpose. And it reminded me, based off what you just said, because she says that, and I believe this too, you don't just have one purpose. You have mm -hmm. multiple purposes. And but at the at the core, everyone has three. To know God is number one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so in everything you do to get closer to God, to know God. Number two is to love. You said earlier in this podcast, loving is a choice. And number three is to serve. So serving is really the one that, you know, while all of them show up in different ways, serving especially, serving can be like you said, helping one person per day making somebody's day brighter, helping somebody get through something they're going through, making them feel a little bit better about themselves, making them happy in some way. Mm -hmm. It can also be helping an animal. It can also be mm -hmm. taking care of your own well-being and mental health or physical health or whatever, taking time to yourself. It can be so many things in right. the way that serving shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I feel like for you, it shows up a lot in personal training, you know, serving yeah. those people. Yeah, because it comes up as, um, uh, you know, it, it does because those people, I help them in a way that that I'm very blessed to be able to do. So it's not like, oh, I do this. But there isn't anybody in the area that I live that could work with them in the unique way that I work with them and go into their homes and that kind of thing. Um, and I think that that faith that I have has helped me with encouragement um, and helping them to realize that there's a higher power mm -hmm. uh, that can help them um, and always encouraging them to, mm -hmm. you know, to pray or to seek out, um, no, really just to pray, mm -hmm. you know, and know that there's a higher power that's, that's there for them. It's, it's like in training. So when you're always trying to get to, from one level to another level, and you get to that point where it's just so, so, so hard that maybe you don't have anything left. You don't have anything left mentally. You don't have anything left emotionally, physically. So where do you get that from? That's when it, you get that through what I term as surrender. You just, you surrender. Mm -hmm. You surrender to overcoming um, the obstacle of your head wanting to stop 
at that point. Mm-hmm. You surrender to digging deep. They call digging deep, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to ask God, just help me with this little bit. Let me get this further a little bit. It's always going that little bit more, but I link it to a power beyond my control. Mm-hmm. It's like my dad always says that before you have growth, a lot of times it's a plateau, then growth, and then another plateau. And it's not that you're not getting better during that time because you have to stay consistent when you don't see the results yet, but you have to have that trust that right. I'm going to, like you said, keep digging deep, keep staying committed, keep doing little things. Some people say, a lot of basketball players say 1% better every day. You oh, know, that's cool. You just get 1% yeah. better every day. You know, by the time that you're at 100 days, you've gotten, I guess, 100% better than what you were. So I guess. Sure. At that point. 200 days twice that three you know Mm -hmm. so and that's just an analogy obviously there's not really a metric way to actually calculate that but if you do all the right things you stay committed you dig deep when the things aren't showing up as they're as you thought they would or it's frustrating or it's hard or the motivation is kind of dropping you have to like like recently i did a podcast on joy that's something that sustains no matter if it's happiness sadness fear whatever mm-hmm. you joy is like a conscious choice and that's the same thing with faith faith is a conscious choice even when things happen in your personal life in your athletic life in your whatever relationships that faith is a choice that you continue to make over and over and over to get you through right it's funny like like a lot of people are like well i don't have faith well we all have faith and and and, and, and a great example is if you've ever flown, mm-hmm. you've never seen the pilot, right? Right. About this a lot. <laughs> right. Yes. You never seen the pilot. You don't know the pilot. You don't know if he got any sleep last night or she got any sleep last night. You don't know if they're going through something bad or death. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. But you get on the plane and you strap yourself in, and somebody takes you over thirty thousand feet over the, you know, Wherever over over land. Water. Yeah, to drive you or fly you to where you're gonna go. And you have faith. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, there's people that are very deathly afraid of flying, but for right. the most part. Or driving a car. Mm-hmm. You're driving the car. Maybe you're still driving the speed limit. Maybe it's, you know, 40 miles an hour on a curvy road. You're taking that 40-mile-an-hour curve, assuming that the car that's coming the other way isn't going to be in your line, in, right. in your lane. Right? So there is a certain amount of things that we have faith in. Right. And... So for me, it's not a big leap to say, okay, well, there is a higher power. Why is it so hard to have faith in something that's unseen, mm-hmm. right? Faith is believing in something that you don't see. It's the same in a higher power as it is in something as simple as who's flying my plane, who's coming around the corner. Where I think of in school sometimes, I'll question if things are really true, and it'll be simple things like in science class or something. But yeah. you'll say, you'll believe that when you like the atoms do this certain thing or inside a cell and like you can look in a microscope and see what a cell looks like but i don't see like the ribosomes on there or i don't see this or that and but this is what the textbook says that these are the roles of each thing inside of a cell or this is what atoms do or this is what this is how chemical reactions occur or this or that and if you haven't actually been a scientist that's seen those things and know for sure yeah then what like people but everyone it's like a no-brainer that you believe that in school that what you hear you know and i don't i'm not saying that necessarily to question those beliefs or not to but that's an example of people already having trust in something 
that's technically unseen, you know? Like, right. It's the same as if I were to draw a picture of God or write, these are the principles of what God does and give them to you and teach it in school as if it were a cell in your body or something, right. you know? Yeah. But um, I think it's all, I think the way that it's different is that God and faith is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. So if I give you this set of principles, that might not be your same set of principles as sure. the next person, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I also wanted to ask you if there was anything in your swimming career where you really had to dig deep in your faith. Yeah, I, I think coming out of injuries, mm -hmm. um, taking me to next levels, mm -hmm. um, doing the extra mile. Yeah. Uh, all, all that comes from... Um, well, I guess some of that just comes from, you know, learned experiences. Um, but probably the biggest part of my faith is always, you know, praying to remain injury free. Yeah. Um, and um, giving me the strength to take the temple, you know, that he's giving me with this, this physical structure mm -hmm. and make the most out of it that he's provided me with. Right. So many times in my life, I yeah, look at it like, okay, you know, this is my machinery and, and this is what he gave me. So how do I make the most out of what he gave me with trying my best not to disrespect it? Mm -hmm. Now at my age, I'm not, I can't not tell you with it you know, with a straight face that I have not completely disrespected my body at certain times in my life, because I certainly have, but always coming back to that, um, that is the one thing in my life I can control. Mm -hmm. I can control what I eat as long as I have food available to right. me. And obviously there's people in the world that don't, um, where there's other things in my life I can't control. Mm -hmm. And I kind of agree with what you first said is like, that's how I feel right now. I want to get the I want to get to my fullest potential athletically that what God gifted me with, mm -hmm. you know? And of course there's certain people that are more talented in certain ways when it comes to sports. There's some people that can naturally jump higher, naturally run faster, naturally build muscle faster, whatever you want to say, naturally have a faster or slower metabolism. And in this classroom, there's people who naturally retain information better, but mm -hmm. no matter who you are, it's, I don't know how high I can jump until I train that. Mm -hmm. Not that that's a big goal of mine. Like, I'm not expecting myself to jump 40 inches. But <laughs> as high as I can jump with yeah. the best training I can get, if that's something that would help my game, I want to maximize that. Or as fast as I can run or as quick as I can get my feet or as sharp as I can get my shot or as strong as I can get my body, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when you do that, and you have the faith, like, God, guide me, help me find, you know, like you said, it's leaning on other people. Help me find the resources. Help me find the information and the people to help me fulfill whatever plan you have for my life and my athletic journey and reach this un this right now untapped potential that I still have and I'm still working toward. And it does boil down to a faith that there is still more to accomplish. Yeah. Or there is still another level to unlock. There is still more to become as an athlete you know yeah. it's it's funny that you put it in that way in um because one of the reasons that i got into bodybuilding mm -hmm. um was because i was i was heavy as a kid mm -hmm. you know my brothers were tall skinny you know human garbage disposals and i was always on a diet my mm -hmm. mom was tall and thinny she was thin she was beautiful my father was a professional athlete so i was this chubby little kid and pretty much 
always, you know, being put on a diet, you know, lettuce sandwiches and stuff. So this is back in, I was born in 1963. So you're talking, if anybody can relate to that vintage, you know, you're working on the information that you have based on that time. Mm -hmm. So I had some very poor self images, had some eating disorders and things like that. But when I was in my twenties and I was actually living in Florida, um, and so I was kind of a step away from my engineering career for a brief time. I decided that I wanted to see what God gave me. Mm -hmm. And so meaning that if I was going to be, a, you know, to bodybuild, to get lean, to, to compete in a show, to see, you know, what was underneath this extra layer mm -hmm. that God had gifted me with. You know, what does it look like after I take all the wrapping off, so to speak? Right. And that's what really motivated me to get into bodybuilding. And, and it's hard work. You know, it's very, very hard work, especially if you're going to do it clean and naturally. Um, and so to have faith that perseverance is going to make a difference. Right. And obviously that's um, a big, huge biblical quote about perseverance and character and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that I would be able to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like unlocking that next level. I always say that. For me and for a lot of athletes, it feels like once I'm done with sports, I need something else to, you know, go like another new goal or something right. else to work toward because I like working towards something. So yeah. maybe that's kind of also how that was for you. Like I could see myself doing some sort of active competition, whether sure. I don't know if I could see myself doing bodybuilding or not. But It's arduous. I wouldn't uh, recommend it. It's not the healthiest thing to do, by the yeah. way, is to get yourself that lean to compete and then, yeah. Dehydrated. Yeah, but it's another, <laughs> I guess it's just another way of saying, seeing what you're capable of. Can I do this or not? You know, whether it's a temporary thing or yeah. not, is this possible for me? What does this look like for me? I think that that's a really good point is to try to, you know, it's, it's that adage of even an Olympic athlete needs to have an what's next, because right. if they finish their Olympics and let's say that they did win to win a medal and they don't have a what's next, they get back and they're like, well, okay, now what? But, um, I, I did continue in sports and competitions and, you know, I was never a really good runner still am not it, actually don't run anymore. So, um, but to compete in five K's or, mm -hmm. you know, 10 K's or something, uh, just to keep myself attaining goals and right. having something to quantify as far as my athletics. Even I think it's really important to, for athletes to continue to do that and find an outlet for them as they step away from college athletics if they're not doing it as a profession. Right. So even there's been a point in my life that I joined a master's swimming program. And although I never did any swim meets, I would have liked to, but mm -hmm. even though I never did, I was still in the water swimming, which was my sport of choice with mm -hmm. other people that were, you know, with regular workouts, just like I had in college. You know, we had a coach that we had different levels of uh, speeds in different lanes. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important, really right. important to stay something that you can quantify because it's part of who you have been all this time. Mm -hmm. I probably learned that from my dad. You know, my, my dad wrestled until he was 63 years old. So jumping off the top rope, taking body slams, you know, I can look at pictures of him and when he was 33 and when he was 63 and I show them to people in the museum all the time and they're like, there's 30 years difference between those two pictures. Yeah, yeah it's pretty wild. You can't see it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to talk about maximizing your athletic potential, what do you have? 
knee replacement, hip replacement. Oh, yeah. All those things. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, by the time he was done. But then even once he was done, he had all these other ventures, all these other things that he did that connected to his brand. But he he wrote a book. He had... Right. He wrote a book. He did a... Yeah, he did some acting. He... He has a Christmas album yeah. that was record of the year for RCA in Japan. I, yeah, he got an award from the Emperor of Japan. Just He was very faithful. Actually, I can attest that um, my dad was the one that would take me to church. Mm. And I really enjoyed just going to church with him and sitting there and probably spending time with him. But that was like my first introduction. I know a lot of parents um, don't want to force religion yeah, on, on their kids. I understand that. I get that, but there still has to be a catalyst to open the word of faith. Right. Whether it's a conversation. Whether it's a conversation or whether it's that you take them into an institution to yeah. just introduce them and then help them to develop that. But, you know, I do believe that our world today is, you know, we talk about it as small business owners is that people have just gotten mean. <laughs> and I think that if they had hope that which comes from faith of you know something that's still greater something that's still full of love and hope and kindness that uh people would be softer yeah it would just be a better world overall it would be a better but then we have to have the faith that people will come around and that people will yeah absolutely find their faith and to kind of find the good people it's like we said it's like easy to find the bad things or to go on that downward spiral, whether that's in your own personal athletic journey in your own life or just with looking at the world as a whole, it's easy to find the bad. Like you could find it in two seconds. Look at the news. Look at this or that. <laughs> yeah. But there's also an equal amount of good. Oh, I believe that there's an equal amount of good or I don't know if I believe there's more good or bad, but I think they're about the same. And it's whether what you focus on in every situation, you know? Yeah. I would have to agree with you. I think that maybe there's more good than bad, but we just see the bad. There used to be a saying, bad news sells newspapers. Mm -hmm. And so we hear about all the bad stuff, but there is good stuff. I mean, the world is a big place and there are smaller countries and there are remote places Mm -hmm. in the world that are happy, probably because they're not full of social media, but (laughs) (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I guess what you said about just the transition from sports, I just think that that's important to still have something to work toward, to still have some sort of goal or purpose. or And not saying that your purpose is tied to your performance, like your life's purpose or your identity is tied to your performance, but having something that gets you up in the morning, gets you going, keeps you active, keeps you driven. And I think it probably also translates to your business, to your personal training, sure. you know, other things you do. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that description that you just were going through for me, translate into having faith in yourself. Mm. So e- even though, yeah, we're talking about faith in a higher power, but you have to have faith in yourself as you go through these transitions right. and not listening to outside forces and just knowing what you are capable of and what your dreams are. So have faith in yourself and having faith in the foundation that you have set for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the old adage, don't let anybody steal your dreams. Don't let anybody steal your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, there's dreams, right? Yeah. Dream. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're yours. And you know, it's like having a secret, right? I used to, because I was in sales for a long time, and we'd talk about this, even in my 
when I own my gym, you have this in your pocket, mm-hmm. right? This this nugget in your pocket. And you can choose to give that to other people and expose that to other people or not to. Mm-hmm. And so your dreams are there right? In your pocket, um, your hopes, your desires, you can share them with somebody, but if they try to take them from you, you can just take them, put them back in your pocket. You don't, you don't have to give away those things mm-hmm. and, and lower yourself and meet somebody's lower expectation of you, right. Mm-hmm. right? You should still, you know, consider where you have developed yourself to be and continue to develop yourself to be and, and have that continue to push you forward and elevate you towards your goals. Mm-hmm. And reach and eventually reach those goals and your potential, like yeah. you had said earlier. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm. I think I'm good for today. Do you have anything else to add based off anything? No, I don't. Want? Yeah, I really appreciate being here. This was fun. Yeah, I like thanks it. for coming. Um, just to give a brief synopsis today on the episode, we talked about faith and changing seasons, whether that's different stages of your athletic journey or your college journey or school, whether that's in a career, whether that's in relationships, whatever it is, whether it's through trials and tribulations, injuries, Mm -hmm. setbacks, having something that grounds you, having people to rely on to ground you back when you've fallen off a little bit, you know, being honest with yourself, being open with God and being, having the faith that even when things aren't going the way you saw that you're going to get to point B from point A, even though you don't understand all the possibilities of how it might work to get there. You have that trust that remains. And I don't mean to add something in your synopsis, but you and I both practice this as a part of brushing our teeth, so to speak, getting up every morning and starting your day with that conversation with God you know, Christ, whatever, your higher power that you choose um, to ground your day and start it with faith mm-hmm. will help you. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank yeah. you, God, for waking me up in, this morning to see a new day. Yeah. That well, was one thing that I heard in when I was in um, synagogue, like growing up, mm-hmm. that just like opened my mind because, you know, just opening your eyes in the morning is a gift that people take for granted. And it sounds very cliche, but it's very true. You it's know? true. As yeah. bad as your day can be. You still had the opportunity and the gift of seeing the light, seeing the nature, spending time with whoever you spent time with, getting better in some sort of way. You had the opportunity to do so at least. Change the world. Right. In in whatever way that you can for that day. Um, But I hope for anyone, athletes or not, that listen to this, that it motivates you and or encourages you to lean on your faith or build your faith, grow your faith and know that no matter what you're going through, it all leads to something Mm -hmm. better and greater than you could have ever imagined that if a door closed, God closed that door and he's going to open something better. If a door opened, you know, same, same type of thing. Yeah. So, um, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you guys enjoyed um, hearing a little bit about my family member who's so cool and has so many, <laughs> so many different um, talents and things that she's done in her life that you would never know by just unless having this deep conversation. It's every single conversation I learned something new that I'm like, like I didn't know you fell off a building or I didn't know <laughs> this or that. Not that that's uh, yeah. a certain skill, but um, swan dive. But uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you learned something and 
Stay tuned for the next episode on the Live With Grace podcast.